This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, A People's History premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu. talk about a lot of movies on Pop Culture Happy Hour, but we definitely don't talk about all of them. All kinds of films fall through the cracks for all kinds of reasons, but we're here to give them their moments to shine. I'm Aisha Harris. And I'm Linda Holmes, and today we're making recommendations for great 2022 movies we missed on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Homes.com. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching, so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Joining us today is film critic and culture journalist Badatri D. Chaudhry. Hey, Badatri, welcome back. Thank you. Hi, Linda. Hi, Aisha. So today we are talking about movies we missed from 2022, films that we loved and we think you should see, but we didn't wind up discussing them on this show. Each of us is going to offer one film recommendation that didn't get its own PCHH episode. Badatri, I want to start with you. What is your pick? My pick is a feature documentary called All That Breeds. It's an Indian documentary directed by Sean Sen. And it's about two brothers who basically, officially, they run a soap dispenser business in their basement. But in the same basement, they also run a little hospital for these birds that are called um, black kites. And they're very common in Delhi, like the skies of Delhi are dotted by them. So it is essentially about how they run this hospital, how they're trying to fundraise to build a more formal, bigger hospital. But it's also about so many other things. It's about climate change and it's about why are these birds dropping from the sky? Why do they need extra care? How are they adapting to, you know, the changing climate? And then all of it kind of comes together and becomes a metaphor for Delhi itself. And I know we read and talk a lot about Delhi's pollution levels and, you know, the dirt, the traffic and all of that. And it all comes together. And I would say one of my favorite things about this film is the pacing of it. It's so patient. It doesn't cram you with facts. It doesn't cram you with news headlines. But it also becomes a metaphor for the larger country and, you know, the political crisis that we are in. So, yeah, that's, in fact, my favorite film from the year. I had not heard about that. And I think it's particularly a thing that happens with documentaries. It's like we're in a place where... Marketing movies in general is really difficult yep. because of changes in television and changes in viewing habits and all that kind of stuff. And then like whatever space there is to market movies, the same ones that have always struggled to get enough exposure almost struggle even more, which I think has always been true of documentaries with the exception of like maybe, you know, one or two a year that have some super famous person attached to them or some super famous story. Mm -hmm. 
It's still so, so refreshing to know the good ones that are out there. So I'm very, very glad that you picked a documentary. So that's All That Breathes, and it will be streaming on HBO Max later in 2023. All right, Aisha, what is your pick? Well, I'm also glad that Badatri picked a documentary because I am also bringing a documentary. Yay, documentaries! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, As Linda said, we don't often get to talk about them on the show. And it's called Descendant, and it's directed by Margaret Brown, who's a documentarian I think is definitely worth checking out. I've seen a couple of her previous films, including The Order of Myths, which is about this segregated celebrations of Mardi Gras in Mobile, Alabama, and then also The Great Invisible, which is kind of about the BP oil spill. I um, mean, she's actually originally from Mobile, Alabama. And for Descendant, she turns her sights to the Clotilda, which is known as one of the, if not the last known slave ship to arrive from Africa onto the U.S. shores. And in Mobile, Alabama, it kind of became known as this secret, this like well-known secret that people weren't supposed to talk about. Basically, the story goes, by 1808, the U.S. had banned the importation of enslaved people from Africa. And an Alabama plantation owner named Timothy Mayer made a bet that he could bring a shipload of Africans to uh, the region without anyone finding out. And this happened around 1860, so five years before slavery was officially outlawed in the U.S. And the descendants of the Clotilda, they live in Mobile, Alabama today, and they're trying to prove that this happened. The ship has been lost. After these Africans were brought here, They burned the ship so they could not have any evidence of it. And in 2019, they actually uncovered pieces of the ship. And so Margaret Brown really weaves in this really interesting story about the Clotilda, about the descendants who are trying to unearth this, the divers, how the entire community is very much involved. And it also weaves in some really great footage shot by Zora Neale Hurston, who, if you're familiar with her book, Barracoon, it's a nonfiction story that sort of weaves in stories from Cujo Kazula Lewis, who was one of the people on the Clotilda and like one of the last known uh, survivors. And so it's really fascinating. It's about unearthing that history and how Black people in that community are trying to resurface it and prove their legacy. And at the same time, it also zooms out to show how this community has also been in many ways harmed by heavy industrialization. A chemical plant has been basically built in their community and is affecting their health. So it's about many things. It's really fascinating. And I think people should definitely check it out, especially if they're interested in history and in African-American history, Black American history. And so that's Descendant and it's on Netflix. I also wanted to add something about Descendant and which I found very well done is so much of it, Aisha, is about oral history. Mm-hmm. And we've all seen, you know, there are dangers in translating oral history into something more tangible like film. And Margaret Brown does this so well, where it doesn't feel like, oh, you should have probably just left it as it were as lore, because there's something magical about lore, about the informal nature of oral history. And to make it into a formal film, she does such a beautiful transition in the film, which is, I'm so glad you brought, uh, picked this film, Aisha. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the themes is that the oral history for so long is the only thing that they've had to cling on to. And so it also follows a little bit of them trying to build a historic site or a museum of some sort commemorating it so it can be more tangible and more solidified. One of the things that I love about this show 
is, you know, we span a large range (laughs) of different things. We might have something quite serious and beautiful. We might have something quite educational and special. And if you think that this is my way of warming up to the fact that I chose Confess Fletch as my movie, (laughs) you are right. No shame, no shame. So Fletch is based on a series of uh, novels. There were movies starring Chevy Chase in the 80s, which I never really got into because I was never a Chevy Chase person, even before his kind of somewhat curdled reputation and personality now in terms of his public statements and behavior. But even then, I was not a fan of Jimmy Chase. (laughs) It just was never my type of humor. So I never saw them. And so when I heard that Greg Matola, who is a filmmaker that I like, was making a Fletch movie with John Hamm, I thought, well, that's an interesting idea. He's a detective. So they're detective movies. I like detective movies. It's like a comic mystery. I like a comic mystery. But I wasn't sure what to think because, honestly, the transition into film has been a little bit bumpier because he is really funny and he's done really broadly funny things. Like, Mm -hmm. he's very funny in Bridesmaids and stuff like that. But it's a short thing. It doesn't really take advantage of all the leading manosity when people make him too goofy, despite the fact that he's really good at it. And he's done that additionally on television, on Kimmy Schmidt and some other things. So in Confess Fletch, he plays the central detective, Fletch. And Fletch discovers a dead body, calls the police. One of the cops is played by uh, Roy Wood Jr. So Roy Wood Jr. comes in as like the cop who is suspicious of Fletch because you're always suspicious of whoever found the body. So they kind of develop this relationship where Roy Wood Jr. kind of thinks maybe that he's a bad guy, but he keeps insisting that he's just trying to help the cops. This, to me, is the right use of John Hamm at this moment. It's like John Hamm getting older because the whole thing with Fletch in this movie is that he's kind of like a guy who's always been kind of good looking and has always had lots of women in his life and stuff like that, but he's also kind of aging and he's getting a little bit nervous about that element. I will say the story in this movie is not important and it's a good thing because it's not, there's not a lot to it in terms of the actual murder mystery. There's paintings missing and there's a whole thing. The reason to see this is that it is a good kind of laid back performance centered comedy where the reasons to see it are the John Hamm performance, the Roy Wood Jr. performance, which I love, and this Marsha Gay Harden performance where she shows up as this kind of European countess and she's doing, like, it's the kind of stuff that, like, Madeline Kahn used to do, these kind of exaggerated rich women. And it's just something I haven't seen anybody do in a long time. It's very throwback, but I really enjoyed kind of sinking into it. Is it the best movie of the year? No, I don't think so. But it is a satisfying kind of pop movie. I don't think they really knew what to do with it. And I just hope that people will still have a place in their lives for the kind of movies that there used to be lots of, that I want there to still be lots of. And so I was so happy to see this, which I think really does a better job of kind of finding a a spot for him that does take advantage of his comedic nature, but also kind of takes advantage of that 
kind of weird, like, handsome man charisma that they used to make fun of on 30 Rock. <laughs> yes. So I like the fact that it brought all those things together. And also, boy, is Roy Wood Jr. funny in this. He's so good. I like him. He's so good. And he's such an asset to everything. And I was just delighted to see him in this. So that is Confess Fletch. At this point, it is streaming on Showtime as well as to rent or buy on VOD. Well, this is just a tiny, tiny selection of the movies that we missed this year. And there are many, 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 many more. We want to know which ones are your favorites. Find us at Facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Bidatri D. Chaudhry, Aisha Harris, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you. Thank you. One last thing before we go. We are going to be talking about the classic TV series, Cheers, and we want to know your questions about the series. What should we talk about? Email us a voice memo with your question about Cheers to pchh at npr.org. Again, just email us a voice memo with your question to pchh at npr.org. This episode was produced by Ramel Wood and edited by Mike Katzeff. Our supervising producer is Jessica Reed. Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Linda Holmes, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit... We want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday, even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit podcast from NPR. These days, news comes at you fast. But the truth? Getting there takes time. There's something that hasn't been disclosed yet. Embedded is a podcast that takes the time to look beyond the headlines. How how did this happen? How did we get here? With original documentary storytelling. Listen to NPR's Embedded wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.